0: Welcome to the Lift Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is the greatest lift in life. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will give you a lift of encouragement through this message.
1: That song said, like a lamb you suffered, but the lion has arose. And that's really what Easter is about. It's about Resurrection Sunday. It's about Jesus deciding to come out of heaven what would make Jesus want to leave his posh setup where he is rightfully glorified in heaven, uh, a breather of life to all mankind and all crea- creatures? Uh, he, he was part of making the heavens and the earth. Why would he want to leave his place of constant angelic praise to, to suffer and to literally put on human skin? To, to become like one of us, to put on human flesh with all of its pleasures. I'm talking about sweat. I'm talking about hunger. I'm talking about feeling pain. I'm talking about experiencing gas. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Come on. Why would God in heaven want to put himself through these kinds of displeasures to be among us, to ultimately suffer in our place to be crucified and to die, did he need to do it? Sometimes I ask the question, did he need to do it? Couldn't he just snap his fingers and make things differently? Why care so much for humans? Why not just just create a, a better race that, that doesn't disobey as much? Are we even worthy? And I think the worship team spoiled it a little for me as they sang that I was, you you thought I was worth saving. So you came and gave your life. And so... I think King David, if you know who he is, he's the one that you've heard in stories before that he slayed Goliath. Well, he went on to be one of the greatest kings that our Bible knows. And he wrote some poetry. He wrote a song um, in the book of Psalms, chapter 8, that reads similar questions that I have today. And he, he says, I often think of the heavens your hands have made and the moon and the stars you put into place and then brother i just gotta ask why do you care about us humans why are you concerned for us weaklings have you ever wondered that before he designed the cosmos he he hung every star in the sky all of the galaxies obey him he created all of creatures what are humans that you care. Such, why are you concerned with such weaklings? You made us just a little lower than yourself. You have crowned us. Someone say crowned. You have crowned us with glory and honor. Tell your neighbor, I thought you had a glow about you. Come on. You cra- God, you crowned us with glory and honor. And then hear this. You let us rule over everything your hands have made. Anybody think that was a mistake? He says, your hand, you put all of it under our power. I got to ask this question to God. Are you crazy? (laughs) Like, seriously, have you ever worked so hard on something only to have somebody else screw it up? Like, have you ever said, This is perfection, only to have someone else rub some dirt on it or or, or to disdain it somehow or to not appreciate its beauty and splendor. And I have to ask God, are you crazy? You put all of what you created, which was brilliant, excellent, perfect, and you trusted it to us. That's where you probably went wrong, God. Do you know me? Do you know humanity? We're mean. We're backbiting. We will gossip you the moment you walk away. (laughs) We are a bullying creature. We are a fighting type people. We are warring, killing, destructive creatures, and we might not all be like that. But treat us wrong, and in a moment, we can become like that. And you're going to trust what you created to us? And then, did you not consider the demons that we're often tormented with? I'm talking about insecurity. How am I going to rule over what you have entrusted to me when I'm constantly doubting myself and thinking very little of myself and I can't see worth in myself? Uh, What about the demon of pride, which is constantly flirting with arrogance where I think way too highly of myself? And I don't realize just how big you are and how little I am. Do you not understand that we battle demons of rage and anger? <laughs> we are fickle. We we change our minds. We say, I'm yours today. I'm going to live for you always. Then uh, two conversations later, all of a sudden, we've got attitudes. We've got problems. It's not my fault. My spouse woke up on the wrong side of the bed. But praise God. Come on. We're up one moment, down another. We're here and then we're there. God, your brilliance in all of creation and you trusted to us? What does God see in us humans that moves his heart so much? I'm constantly reminded of what C.S. Lewis said about humans and what Jesus did for us on the cross that I I, I just constantly keep in mind. He said this, if I were to tell you slugs, you know those nasty, slimy-like things that come out when it's muggy and they show up in places you least expect them to, come on, got like big eyeballs that extrude out of their head. Those things, slugs, if I were to tell you slugs are extinct, they're about to go extinct. Something's gotta happen if you don't leave your human flesh and put on slugism in order to die on behalf of saving all slug kind. Who in here says, sign me up? I'll be their hero. I'll leave everything that I is to be the human race to go save the slugs. I'm the first to say, let them die. We'll find something else. If you thought they were cute, first, let's have a counseling session. And then secondly, come on, secondly, find some other insect to like, okay? Because we're moving on. Could we doubt God for going, they disobey, they beat each other up, they hurt one another, they, they attack each other, they tear each other down. Let's just let them all go and create something that would obey better. Who would appreciate more who would blame him for that as one author put it what claim has man so weak and frail and short-lived to be remembered by time what is there in man that entitles him to so much notice why has god conferred on him such distinguished Honor. Why? Why has he placed humans over the works of his hands? Why has he made so many arrangements for man's comfort? Why has he done so much to save him? I think we would all admit that there's a majesty in man, but there's also a meanness in man. Like at any one moment, something majestic, something that reflects the nature of God can come out, and then you cut me off in traffic, or you get my Arby's order wrong, and all of a sudden the meanness comes out. Well, I, I don't have time to run through this line again. <laughs> and By the way, any of you Arby's sauce lovers are missing out on the horsey sauce. I'm sorry. I am just a big fan of the horsey sauce. If it's beef... You need that kick. It's got something for you. Listen. King David said this. Beef, it's what for... Okay, anyway, I'm way off now. Okay. As David said it, you have crowned us with glory and honor. Honor? Glory? I lose my cool when dinner's not quite to my liking. Or when my kids... Have not learned the lesson I shared the last four days. About cleaning up after themselves. You trust me? And you call this glory and honor? As Paul said it. Oh what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. Can we all agree God has every right to write off the human race. But not only. Are we like this? But Jesus chose to put on humanity and become one of us. It blows my mind to see him jump in too. Philippians 2 says it this way. Though he was God, Jesus did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave and he was born as a human being that is simply incredible surely if he would do that for human beings surely human beings would reciprocate unending praise towards him right let's check our bible to see how they handle this majestic presence of god in human flesh Well, on one occasion, they didn't like what he was saying, so they began to riot, and they pushed him to the edge of a cliff. And they cornered him And they spat towards him And they had stones ready to stone him And the Bible says that as Jesus was at the corner of the cliff At one point he just said It's not yet my time And so as they had the stones ready to hit him It it was as if their arm was gripped And they couldn't move it And it probably was humorous This is one of the Bible stories I want to see when I get in heaven I go, Jesus, go ahead and run that back on demand I want to see that because these guys were ready to stone them next thing you knew they were making a way and preparing a way of the Lord for him to pass (laughs) they were probably like hey Thomas when you gonna hit him with that stone and it's like have you ever have you ever like been so dehydrated you lost control of your hands and they start it feels like you got demons in your hands they start doing one of these things and you're like oh my goodness I'm losing control only me all right, because I've learned that means you better hydrate, okay? you about to have some serious problems with headaches and stuff. My hands start doing like this. That's probably what was going on. They were like, ah, and, and, and he passed by in freedom. Maybe they learned their lesson. Maybe the human race needed a blunder or two to figure it out. So let's see on another occasion, they called him a common homeboy. As he went home to to celebrate and be with his family and be in his hometown, they said, you're no one special, you're common, you're just a hometown boy. Or maybe they didn't figure it out just yet, so how about on another occasion where one of his closest 12, someone who was close to him, decided to betray him for about 25 bucks. That'll buy you two rounds of Arby's. (laughs) I don't know why I'm on that kick, let's just roll with it, okay? Okay. Is this how human nature treats the majestic in human flesh? Saying 25 bucks, I'll sell them to you. Surely, they might have learned their lesson, but then they unjustly arrested him, and then they unjustly tried him in some person's home, a high priest's home, and they started paying people who will lie about him, who will spit at him, and one even slapped him across the face and said, Who are you to speak to a man this way? I wonder if God was not thinking on the inside, Who do you think you are to slap God this way? This is how humanity treats God. Isaiah prophesied it before it ever happened in Isaiah 53 and said that how did we treat humans? He was, des- I mean, how did humans treat God? He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we esteemed him not. It really displays the worst of humanity. We are envious, fearful. Easily threatened type of people, power hungry or or insecure. We've got no room for him in the end. Can't you see what I got going on here, God? <laughs> You, you, you're messing things up. Why don't you get in line? Why don't you understand your place? Surely at this point, after he's been arrested and slapped and unjustly tried, there is no justice for him. Surely at this point, Jesus has got to throw his hands up in the air and say, God, this was a stupid idea. I told you this wouldn't work. I'm down here wearing skin, and nobody's treating me right. I don't like it. Let's just wipe them all out. Let's create a super creature that will finally listen and love Because we've set some things up quite nicely And this ain't worth it Surely he decided to do that, right? No The Bible says that Jesus on his last meal sat down with his disciples And he said, this is my body This is human flesh Which will be poured out or or given for you he said, this is my blood, which will be poured out and spilled on the ground for you. In other words, he didn't quit on us. He allowed himself to be crucified. Numerous occasions as they were trying him, Pilate once tried to tell him, do you understand how big of a deal I am? I'm a pretty important human being. I got a lot of authority. I've got a lot of power. And so um, do you understand that I have the authority to make you live or die? I wondered if he thought, I wonder who really holds that authority if you only knew who you're standing next to. And Jesus once made a remark, if I wanted to, I could call upon the angels and wipe out every last person here. But I, instead, am allowing myself to be crucified. Make no mistake, at no point did Jesus get cornered or, or done something against his will. Instead, he willingly gave his life for human beings, you and I. Why does he care? And then he chooses to go through crucifixion, which is the single most inhumane suffering way to kill a human being in all of human history if i'm jesus christ i might say let me be birthed in 2022 because when they kill me they got in america one of those like lethal injection kind of things and i won't have to feel any pain i won't even notice anything went down it'll go real calm and quick and well let's get the deed done father come on let's let's make it as the path of least resistance instead he said I pick first century Rome. Rome believes that it is their gift to society to put their thumb on people and let them understand how powerful I am. If you get out of line, I will show you how small you are. And one of the ways we do that is by creating the most excruciating form of of, uh, uh, capital punishment that will ever be created. For we will whip you with lead-tipped whips. We will strip you and we will have you walk from the city carrying the burden of your own wooden cross up a mountain called the Skull Mountain or Golgotha. We will make you walk in public so that everyone sees the humiliation and the low life that you really are in our opinion. And then we'll take you to the edge of the mountain where we will erect a cross after first laying you on it and driving nails through your hands. We will then line up your feet on top of each other, ask you, not ask you, make you bend your legs, grab you by the hips and make you bend your legs as we drive nails to your feet because once we get you erect, you'll be over the city so that everybody in the city can look up at the mountain and see the vile who's not worthy of life hanging up there, the the unpleasant sight of a low life who is dying up there who is worthless to everybody else and and the reason we'd have you bend your knees is because the nails won't kill you neither will the lead-tipped whips kill you but what we want is for you to suffer as long as possible so that you realize how small you are so that you realize how powerful Rome is so that you realize that everybody must stay in line with what we decide and so you're literally going to suffocate on the cross. You will not die from any of the nails. You will suffocate. And, and so as you hang, you will not be, your ribs will crush in, and you will not be able to get a breath except for. <laughs> so we, we, don't worry. We bent your knees so that at any point, if you want to get a breath, you can push against those nails we drove into your na- legs and <gasps> as you fall back into a suffocating mode. The point is to show you how worthless you are in our opinion. You're lower than a dog. Jesus allows this to be done to him. It says in Isaiah 53, it went on to say, Before it ever happened, he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins he was beaten so that we could be whole he was whipped so that we could be healed so i gotta go back to david's crazy question that he asked before jesus ever came what are humans that you would care for us what are us weaklings we can't even control ourselves or recognize when we're in the presence of god that you would care for us so much Why? What is in your mind in the human race? Well, it's not a good answer, but it's the best answer I could come up with from the Bible. That Jesus once said, for God so loves the inhabitants of this world that he gave his one and only son. Why? So that whomsoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I looked up that word world. That word world. Right there means the inhabitants, the people. He didn't die for a tree. He hung on a tree so that human beings could be free again. Come on, that rhyme came quickly, quickly, which means it's anointed. No, listen, I'm just, I'm just trying to help us understand that there is no good sense to die in the place for human beings who have not treated him with the rightful praise that he is deserving of. And yet he calls us. He calls us the chief of all God's creations. He says that we human beings are his prized possessions. I got to say, why? After who we are and what we do to one another. But Jesus said this. For it is my father's will that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up in the last day. So. Humans go ahead and they crucify Jesus, and Jesus allows it to happen, and they bury him. But I want to tell you that not even the vilest, nastiest human plans can hold God down. Come on. He has a plan and it was a plan from the very beginning. Look at Luke chapter 24. It says, but very early on Sunday morning the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. It was the third day. They wanted to go bless him. One of the very few who's thinking about Jesus and wanting to honor him in some kind of way and they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance so they went in but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ as they stood there puzzled two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes them brothers gotta be some angels and they said to the women who they noticed they were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground and the men asked why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive help me preach and say he's alive help me preach and say it again he's alive alive. write it in the chat he is alive why are you looking for the dead among the dead for someone who's alive he isn't here he has risen from the dead so let me answer as best as I can uh, King David's question what are human beings that you care for them so much why would God God die for human beings so he could once again be with them in fact write this down his resurrection was for our resurrection The reason no stone could stop him, no grave could hold him, is because he resurrected to tell you and I he's got a plan to resurrect you out of your dead situations, out of your brokenness, out of your despair, out of your lack of hope, out of your uh, bum situations. He can take a sinful person and he can resurrect something. Beauty for ashes. Come on. Come on dancing for mourning Come on he can do a resurrection If he did it for him He did it to be a sign A prophetic foretelling of this will be for you too And I'm going to resurrect you Not only on earth and you're going to see pieces of heaven on earth. You're going to see pieces of glory. You're going to move from glory to glory on earth. But then one day when you appear before the Father in heaven because your time has come and you have died, you will appear before God and you will be resurrected to hearing, well done, my good and faithful son or daughter, come and be with me in paradise. Is anybody excited for the resurrection of Jesus Christ? We got no hope without him. We have no hope without him. And I got to say, why would God do it? Because he's in love with the habitants of this world. So this tells me three things about humans. And uh, I'm going to ask you to track with us for the next three weeks as I uh, unpack these even more. This tells me three things about humans. Number one, we are broken. As humans, we are broken. We don't always get it wrong. We have definite moments, definite moments of, of greatness and awesome things. We got signs of the majestic, but we got plenty of the meanness in man too. And so we are living in a world full of broken people going through broken life, and they're trying to figure it out. And God says, even though they're broken, I will not wipe them out. I'll send my son to die for them. And this also tells me a second thing, that the attack of Satan is strong against humans. Human beings, you and I are literally in Satan's crosshairs. As he, as he aims up, he's not trying to take out lakes like, hey, I'm going to dry up this lake. Watch them all suffer. Now, now, anyway, some He targets human beings because human beings are God's prized possessions according to the book of James. And so there is an attack against humanity, but what I want to tell you is the third thing it tells me far surpasses the other two, and that is there is a love of God for humanity. It is far surpassing any of our brokenness and any of our failures given in to the attack of Satan. He's got an unceasing, unconditional love for us. So I'm going to ask you to join us for the next three weeks. If you're new here, I say welcome home. I, if You don't have to make a decision today, but I'm asking you to track with us and come the next three weeks. Give me three weeks to unpack humanity even more and, and, and help you see the design and the plan God has. Listen, next week I'm going to talk about moving immovable mountains. Has anybody got some mountains in their life that just won't move, and I need them to be moved? Come on. I got some hurts. I got some habits. I got some hang-ups, and I can't get them out of my future. I'm having trouble getting them out of my family. I can't get them out of my mind. I want to help you. I'm ready to preach it now. Move immovable mountains. Physical mountains are meant to be in awe of. Look how breathtaking. Look how huge it is. Look how small I am compared to it. But spiritual mountains are meant to be moved and cast into the sea. And it is time for some of us to move some immovable mountains in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, we are not missing next week. We got a date on Sunday morning here. Listen, I want to tell you too that Easter is about Jesus and his resurrection so i'm not going to share the biggest news that i have to date for our church until next week so that's another reason you're going to want to come back next week and and join us two weeks from now i'm going to continue this human series talking about do demons exist what kind of power do they have Do they still have power, and what kind of authority do they have? And if they do, then I'm going to share some overcoming weapons God's given us to overcome them. That's kind of a spoiler, isn't it? Come on, that last point. Anyway. And then I'm going to close it out in three weeks talking about how to heal ourselves in a broken world. God's given us some tools because he knows humanity is broken and we're going to hurt each other. He's given us some tools, the single greatest tool that you can have to heal ourselves in a broken world. So tell your neighbor, we're coming back. Come on. One thing that you can do today with this message, though, my hope is for you to apply it in just one way, and that is this. I want you to worship God for never giving up on you. Amen.
0: What do
2: don't think you're here for an accident this morning i don't know how you ended up here but i know that you need to hear that this morning that you are the one he loves flaws and all he loves the real and i i believe this morning he's actually calling out to some of you that you would give the real you this morning that you would give the best part and the worst part of yourself and if we're being honest this morning if we want to talk about the real me The real me loves jokes, the real me loves people, but the real me was addicted to pornography. The real me struggled with anxiety, the real me had anger issues that just kept coming and boiling up and I never knew what to do with it, but yet God says he still loves me. And you might be saying to me this morning, JT, you don't understand, you don't get it, you don't get the abuse, you don't get how much I raised my voice with my spouse last night to the point of tears, you don't get the neglect I had as a child, you don't get it, and I would say you're right, but there's a God who does, and there's a God that said, while you were still sinning, while you were still depressed, while you were still getting yourself together, while you were broken and lost, I loved you and sent my son. What we're asking today is not for the best part of you, but for every part of you. I believe God's calling some of you today. The Spirit's moving on your life, and you're like, I don't know what this feeling is. It's the Holy Spirit saying, this is what you were made for. To be loved irregardless of what you're doing here and now, but to take you as you are and not leave you there. So we're just gonna open a moment up. We're gonna steward this moment well, and we're gonna understand that there's a God who loves every single part every single part and he wants to bring healing into your life and maybe you haven't gotten to accept a relationship with that kind of love or been opened up to that kind of love and I'm just going to ask that everyone with your heads bowed and your eyes closed for respect of one another would simply join me in this declaration that we're going to say hey if you want a new relationship with Christ if this is the first time you've heard of a love that's so deep that's so strong that sees you at your best and your worst and still put you at his table. We wanna open that relationship up to you today because of what Jesus did on the cross. So I'm just gonna count to three so that you guys can get ready. And on three, I just wanna see your hands lifted if that's you in the room. One, I believe it's the best decision you could make on this side of heaven. Two, I believe he wants the best and the worst and you're gonna be able to give everything of yourself and still be loved. Three, if that's you, can I see your hand in the place this morning so I know who I'm praying for? God, you're moving. God, let them receive your love, God. For the people raising their hands right now, would they receive the fullness of your love? Regardless of who they are or where they've been, you love them so much, Father. And as as we come to an end of this experience, I want us all to pray this together as a church so no one is alone. Would you repeat after me, dear God, thank you for your son who died a death that I deserved so that I could live in freedom. I trust you to be the Lord of my life. Would you guide my every step? And would I receive the fullness of your love? I thank you that I serve a live king. The grave couldn't hold you, and neither can my circumstances. We love you.